and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Are we ready for the word? So, so, I've been thinking, right? This week I've been thinking about these moments that you have when you're growing up and there's these defining character building moments that we all have. And usually they involve your family, your friends, like you're there in a situation scared out of your mind and everyone else being like, you'll be right. You know, yeah, yeah. People are feeling it. Memories are flooding back. And so majority of my character building moments come from the jet ski that we owned growing up. And I know that you're like, jet ski, you know, blessing or character building, you know, great times. But what you're picturing is a state-of-the-art jet ski with like, you know, flames painted on the side. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Let me paint you a picture. This thing was about 15 years old. It barely ran. It had like chipped red paint all down the side. We used to get this like old like donut that would go on the back of it and we would hold on for dear life as my dad would take us around on the ocean. And this thing honestly would break down on a regular basis in the middle of like huge bodies of water, right? And so you're there on it and you're kind of like holding onto the donut at the back being like, is it turning back on? Nope. Nope. Anyway, so all these moments that I remember are these really character building moments. But there was one that was so so character building that I wasn't even in it. I was just a witness, right? I wasn't even in this, in this situation, but I was just witnessing it. And we were on the beach on a family holiday, you know, some wholesome fun. And, and my dad is taking my sister and my cousin out on the back of this donut. And instead of going like what you meant to and you meant to put it in a ramp and whatever, they decide, you know, the waves aren't too big today. We got this, you know. We're just going to take them over all the waves and we're going to be fine. And so as they start going, the waves just like, this set rolls in and they start getting bigger and bigger. And we're all watching from the shoreline like, they're going to make it? (laughs) I don't know if you know what happens when you flip a jet ski, but it's not a good time. Like, it really doesn't recover. Um, And so they are just making it over every single wave. And we're watching in fear. And then a tsunami rolls in. The biggest wave you have ever seen in your entire life. I kid you not. And I see, we clock it. We see it from far off and we watch it all happen. And all we hear from the shore is my dad yell, cut them loose. (laughs) And so right as they're about to go over these big waves, my dad makes the decision, it is us or them. And so they pull off the rope and the jet ski goes for their life. And so I watch as my sister and my cousin notice what's happened realise what's about to happen. And with the scream of death, we watch them slowly rise on this inflatable up the wave and crash. It was so, so bad. Character defining moment. <laughs> so the Bible says in Hebrews 12, one to two, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. 
This basically just gives my dad full credit for what he just did, right? Like, if anyone wants to go find him later, you can, but the Bible said that he threw off what hindered and he got away with it. So, (laughs) but the thing is, church, is that God has a plan marked out for everyone. The verse says here, run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Every person in the room has a plan and a purpose. And what we're called to do is give ourselves wholly to the purpose that God has for our lives. That anything that's not from God, anything that's not directing us to God, we've got to throw that off. We've got to throw off what hinders and run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And I believe this is really powerful for us as individuals as we run off, as we throw off what hinders and we run. But there's also something so significant that as a collective, as a generation, as a church, we would be a people that say, this is the life we're going to live. We're going to run with the plan and purpose that God has for our life. There's this story in the Bible, it's in the Old Testament, and it talks about two generations. And there's a story, a lot of you would know it, about Moses and his generation. And God leads them through out of slavery in Egypt and he leads them into the wilderness with the plan to take them to his promised land. But over the time, the Moses' generation, they become disgruntled. They start to disobey God. They start to go their own way. And the Bible says that God raised up sons in their place that would give themselves wholly to the plan and the purposes of God. And Joshua's generation, because they did that, because they gave themselves wholly to what He had for them, they got to walk into the promised land. They got to see what God had for their generation. So tonight I'm believing that it's not just about each person in the room, but there's something significant that as a together, as a generation, we would run with with perseverance the race God has marked out for us. And what's so key about this is that it talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus because there are so many things that can take our focus and there are so many things that we can look at at as we're running this race and they can actually distract us from what God has for us. So tonight we're going to throw off what hinders. We're going to let let them loose, let the donut go (laughs) and we're going to run with perseverance. So three things we can put our focus on that hinder the race that God has for us. Three things we can put our focus on that hinders the race God has for us. Number one, the runner. Putting our focus on the runner. Putting the focus on ourselves. Us as the runner running the plan and purposes of the life of God. Now, if you know me, even in the slightest bit, you will know that I have really weak and dodgy ankles. (laughs) It has become a hallmark of my personality to the point where people that don't even know this, they've never witnessed this, will still talk to me about it. Like, you know, it's something they were a part of. (laughs) See, these people that we're talking about. But it happened about three years ago for the first time and we were at a youth event and (laughs) Jamie Shergold, my girl, we were having a competition on this bouncy castle and it was like an obstacle course and we were running around. And so we've got two lanes and I see that there are other students on my lane and I'm like, well, I can't knock them out, but I'm like getting super competitive. So I push her out of the way and keep going. And as I'm climbing this like ladder on this bouncy castle, she comes and like pulls me back down, right? And so I land on this jumping castle and I just like, I feel click. And I was like, I'm done. (laughs) That's me out for the rest of the night, for the rest of the year, I'm done. Anyway, but it became this thing about me because I never let it heal. 
So every month I was like, it's better. And then I'd play basketball at youth and then I'd do it again. And then I'm like, it's better. And then like I'd jokingly shove someone at youth and someone would tackle me and I'm down again. And so it became this personality trait that I was always the person with an ice pack on my leg in debrief. So even years afterwards, whenever I go to do something at youth, whenever I'm doing anything competitive, people will still look at me and like, are you sure? What about your ankle? And I've been so defined by the fact that I have weak ankles, right? But when we're running the race that God has marked out for us, when we focus on us, when we focus on the runner, we can become so aware of our limitations. We become so aware of everything we're not instead of everything that God's called us to be. We can't let our mistakes, our past, our insecurities define the race that God has for our life. Don't disqualify yourself from the race. You're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too far gone. You haven't made too many mistakes. This is about God's race and God's purpose that He has for us. The best thing about this, the best thing about the plan and the purposes of God, is actually not about us. It's actually not about us. And it is genuinely the biggest relief of my life, right? And so we've got to take our focus off us as the runner and start to look at Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are merely humans. We are living the life that God set out for us. But honestly, we are jars of clay and we carry around treasure. We carry around salvation, the Spirit of God in us. And it's because of that that we're able to run our race. It's because of Jesus we have salvation. It's because of Jesus we're able to run our race to begin with. It's because of Jesus that we even know what the race looks like. It's because of Jesus that we're able to throw off everything that hinders and run with perseverance. Because of Jesus, we are enough. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Love that. Um, I still remember the first time um, God kind of like shocked me with kind of a glimpse of the race he had for me. Um, And for years it was like, I was like trying to run the race and you know, God was like one step and like giving me nothing, no indication of what was coming next and just one step in front of the other. And then he started to speak to me about the race he'd marked out for me. And I still remember the first time he told me that I would preach the word of God on a platform. And I was sitting up the back here, it was about four or five years ago, on a Sunday listening to a guest preacher. And I remember God literally just tugging my heart, that'll be you one day. I had never spoken into a microphone in my life. And I remember being like, all right, God, (laughs) if you say so. (laughs) Maybe not though. (laughs) Um, And for ages, God just kept knocking at my heart and being like, no, no, start to look start to observe, start to see how people do it. And I literally told no one because I was like, I'm not going to do that to myself and put myself through the embarrassment of someone being like, yeah, cool. Um, (laughs) But I kept focusing on my limitations, right? I was focused on myself, the runner, as opposed to the race that God had marked out for me. And there was this song that was going around at the time. It was God, You're So Good. 
And it's got this line that says, I'm saved in Jesus' Name. I'm anointed, I'm filled with Your power for His glory. And I remember every time that song would play, I'd sing it over myself. And instead of fixing my eyes on me and my limitations, I would put my eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So tonight I wanna ask, would we be a generation that takes our eyes off ourselves and that put our eyes on Jesus? The second thing that we can focus on that hinders us in our race is the crowd. Now the crowd in your life is literally any voice in your life, good or bad, loud or quiet, every single person, it's like a grandstand you know, of your life. And this is the crowd that you have when you're running your race. But the crowd is like the ultimate backseat drivers, right? Like you're just chilling, you're just there and these people are like telling you how to drive, what you should do, go through that light, that was orange, like you could have made it. No, quickly turn. These are the backseat drivers of our life. But sometimes we can be so focused on what the crowd thinks that we forget about the race God has marked out for us. No, there's this story um, in, in the book of John and it talks about um, the leaders of the Jewish church at the time, at the time when Jesus walked up on the earth. And these people, they got to sit in front of Jesus. They got to hear Him talk, hear Him teach. They got to see the miracles He performed. And the Bible says that some of them actually had faith in Him as the Son of God, but that they wouldn't acknowledge it in public for fear of what people would think. They wouldn't acknowledge. These people are the ultimate. They got to see, they got to hear the teaching. They got to see everything Jesus has done. And in John 12, it says, they loved human praise more than praise from God. Their focus was on the crowd and it wasn't on Jesus. It wasn't the one who had set out their race for them. So we need to be a generation that will block out the crowd and that will focus on Jesus. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If we're going to throw off everything that hinders, that includes how we conform our mind to the world. That includes how we listen to the crowd over Jesus. You know, there are so many times where the crowd won't even notice what, what Jesus is calling you to do, right? There's so many things that Jesus asks us for that are completely unseen by anyone in our lives. The times where he says, get up at 5am and pray. The times where he says, come on, read your Bible, spend time with me. The times where he says, I know you look all good on the outside, but I need you to actually forgive that person from the heart. There are so many things that the crowd won't see. So if you're only waiting for the cheer of the crowd, if you're only hearing that, you need to know that you're going to miss what God has marked out for you. Would we be a generation that runs the race God has marked for us without focusing on the crowd, but focusing on Jesus? When the crowd starts going, did you hear what they did? Did you hear that? Did you hear that about them? And they start gossiping and telling you things that you shouldn't know. We need to listen to Jesus that says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. Would we not even engage in that, but would we go another level and say, is this building anyone up? No, then let me not talk about it. When the crowd says, justify yourself, stand up for yourself, they did you wrong, let them know. But Jesus, the only person who ever did wrong and they hurled insults at Him and they told Him everything He'd done and He didn't retaliate. When the crowd says, you've run your race when you have financial freedom, 
when you've bought that car, when you have that job, that's when you've hit your peak. That's when you've run your race properly. And Jesus says that where your treasure is, your heart will lie also. That it's more important that your treasure is in heaven than any treasure we can build for ourselves here. When the crowd says, build your life around things that serve you. People, things, jobs, anything that serves you, that's what your life should look like. And Jesus said, He didn't come to be served, He came to serve and we have to follow His example. Would we be a generation that doesn't listen to what the crowd says, but instead focuses on Jesus and listen to what He has for us so that we can run with perseverance the race that He has marked for us? The first thing we focus on was the runner. The second one was the crowd. The third thing we can focus on is the race. When we focus on the race and not the one that marks it for us, or the promise and not the promiser, the calling and not the one who calls. And we can get so distracted about what is in front of us. We can get so distracted, even about the good things, right? Even about everything that God's put in our life, the blessing, what He's called us to. But we can keep our eyes down instead of focusing on Jesus. And what happens is when we're focused on the race instead of, and the calls and the promises of God, as soon as it starts to look different to what we expected, it can shake us. As soon as the race doesn't hold all that, all that promise, all that blessing, we can get taken off path. Maybe we had a picture in our head. This is what it was going to look like. And now that it doesn't, is it even the race? Is it even the call of God? Maybe you're looking at the person running next to you being like, well, it doesn't look like their race. It doesn't look like their race. So is it still everything God's marked out for me? Maybe there are harder sacrifices than we thought or seasons where we feel dry or we can't, we can't connect with God like we used to. Maybe we make a mistake that we thought we wouldn't make again and we feel like we go back to square one. We can start to question when we're too focused on the race. We can question as soon as it looks different than expected, whether it's worth it whether we're really in the call of God, whether we're good enough for it. You know, Moses' generation, which I spoke about earlier, they made mistakes, they disobeyed God, but they were in the wilderness for 40 years and even then God was gonna take them into the promised land. And then they're on the brink of it. They're on the brink of the promise for their generation. And they send 12 people to go look at the land, go see what it's like, see what God's promised them. And they go look. And majority of those 12 people, they come back and they say, it is everything that God promised us. It is a land filled with fruit. It is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. But there are strong people that live here and we could never take it. Don't even try because we could never take it. We didn't expect it to look like that. We didn't expect it to be hard to get to. We didn't expect it to be everything God promised, but, and in that moment, they lost walking into the plans and promises that God had for them. 
They were too focused on the race instead of focusing on Jesus, who already had the victory in His hands. Over the the past few years, um, as soon as I kind of like started running the race God had for me, um, like I said, it was like one foot in front of the other. And a big pattern for me was that God would ask me to take a big step of faith with no idea why, but then really clearly would fill in the gaps. And so I'd take this big step being like, what am I doing? And then I'd look back and God would say, see the race? And so I started to notice this pattern. And then a couple years ago, it kind of felt like everything had accumulated to what God had called me to. He'd spoken words over me. He tapped on my heart. And I loved leading and I loved young people and I loved the house of God. And I got the opportunity to lead our junior high youth ministry. And it felt like everything God had called me to all at once. But it didn't look exactly like I'd expected. At that same time, that same season of life, I started dealing with a lot of health issues that had never come up before. And all of a sudden, I was like in this role that was meant to have my full capacity and meant to be, you know, where I was learning and growing in my leadership. And instead I was so distracted because I was like not making it through the day without a nap. I was always feeling sick. I was at doctor's appointments every other week. And I remember being like, really? Really, God, this is what you marked out for me? Is this really where you led me to? And I started to have those same questions. Is this worth it? Did I make a mistake? Like, am I not in the call of God right now because all this other stuff is happening? And I had to do this journey with God and this wrestle. And it was almost like God brought me back to the bare bones of faith. The bare bones of, are you fixing your eyes on me? Or what the call looks like? And I had to say, I had to make a decision. And I remember saying to God after a long journey, (laughs) if you do nothing else for me for the rest of my life, if the race looks exactly like this for the rest of my life, I still choose to walk the race that you've marked out for me. I still choose to run with your purpose on my life. I still choose to take one step in front of the other every time that I can. I still fix my eyes on you because you know what? Salvation is enough. You know what? We have Jesus and salvation in Him is enough alone. And even though I still have faith for my healing, I still have faith that things will look different. I had to make a decision. Was I gonna follow the plans and the purposes that He had for me? Same on the mountains as I did in the valleys. Same when things were looking great. Same when the run was so fun. Same when it was so easy. Same when I felt stretched. Same when I felt called. Same when I felt used by God. In the same time when I could barely feel God, when I had no idea what was happening, when I was so confused. Was I still gonna run the race that God had marked out for me? Would we be a generation that focuses on Jesus over the race He's marked out for us? That continues to run faithfully, even if it looks different to what we expect? Could everyone um, close their eyes and bow their heads? I'm just gonna pray for some people. If in the room today, as I've talked about a plan and a purpose for your life, 
you've never really heard that or you've never really felt that before. You didn't know that God had a plan and a purpose for you. Or maybe you've started to run your own race and you wanna come back to Jesus. Knowing Jesus is just one prayer away. And so we're gonna pray all together as a church family. But if that's you and you're praying it straight from your heart to God, that's what I want you to do. I want you to know that He hears you, that this prayer is powerful, that it's all you need to connect with Jesus. So we're gonna pray all together as a church family. Dear Jesus, I believe in You. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. Thank You that You have a plan and a purpose for my life. I receive Your forgiveness, love and complete acceptance. I am now set free from my past. I am now a child of God. With every head bowed still and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer from your heart straight to God, I just wanna know who you are. And the reason is, is because none of us run this race alone. And so it's just me and a couple of other people looking around. I'm not gonna call you out, but I just want you to give me a quick wave. If that was you and you prayed that prayer straight to Jesus, just give me a quick wave. I just wanna pray for you and help you on that journey. Thank you, Jesus. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Great decision. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. So good. Two amazing people. There's anyone else? Just give me a quick wave before I pray. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for those people that raised their hand tonight, God. We thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, Lord God. We thank you that above everything, now they get to live their lives with you, Jesus. That is the greatest privilege we will ever have, that we get to live our lives with you. So we pray this week, Lord God, that you will encounter them, that they will know what it is to be friends with you, Jesus, that they will know what it is to be able to speak to their Saviour, Lord God. We thank you for them. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Can we give them a round of applause? It is a great, great moment when someone gives their life to Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.